Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today we're going to look at a passage from John chapter 6. This is actually one of the seven signs of Jesus. Scholars widely regard the first half of John's gospel as containing seven signs, and these signs are meant to show us something about the character and nature of Jesus, um, God, and they're also meant to show us something about the character and nature of humans. And so one of the invitations when you're looking at the signs of Jesus, and frankly, just the scripture and the gospels in general, is to say, what is this passage saying to me about God, his nature? And, and at the same time, what is this passage saying to me about me, about my tendency, my nature? Uh, a good reading of the Bible is going to give you a look into both of those. So with that in mind, let's read and then we'll pray. And we're just going to sit with Jesus and the disciples. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, got into the boat, and started across the lake to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The lake became rough because a strong wind was blowing, and when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the lake, coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. And then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the lake saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. And then some of the boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray for uh, my friends and for my own heart today, and I ask you, God, to give us the grace to see something here uh, about Jesus, to see truth, to receive truth. I also pray, God, that you would give us grace to receive something that's true and real about us. Have mercy on us, God, as we look intently into your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to walk through this story with an eye toward learning and seeing truth about God and about us. So the disciples leave in a boat. Now, one gospel tells us that Jesus actually compelled them to get into the boat. This is uh, immediately after his feeding of the 5,000. And some Christian leaders and, and thought leaders, theologians, scholars have speculated that um, Jesus put them in the boat, got them moving, if you will, because the disciples were growing a little too excited about the crowds. Jesus, after feeding 5,000 people, um, probably had a crowd uh, circling and getting a little bit worked up about him. And the disciples might have thought, you know, our star is rising because Jesus' star is rising. And so Jesus makes the disciples get into a boat, seemingly wanting to put them into a place where they're not getting swept up with the crowds. Now, the text says that they uh, were rowing against um, a, a wind, an adversarial wind even. The Sea of Galilee is one of those lowly situated seas. I think it's 600 feet below sea level, surrounded by some hillsides and mountains. And so storms would settle in over the Sea of Galilee. They, they do even to this day. And what we're told in the text is that the disciples in the dark are now kind of halfway out. They're sort of stuck in the middle. 
Jesus is not with them. Jesus is on the shore. One gospel tells us he's gone up a mountain to pray and be with God. Well, the disciples are just kind of out there on their own. And if you've ever felt like you um, are just kind of hanging out there on your own, stuck in the middle of a, of a dark circumstance, then you know how the disciples felt. They had not done anything wrong. Uh, they were not sinning. Jesus told them to go, but he's not immediately with them. And they're kind of facing a problem or a challenge, and they probably really feel like they're facing it on their own strength. Now, many of us would say that we can identify with the disciples here. Uh, there's something deeply, truly, authentically human about what's going on in their lives. They're just stuck, and they're struggling. One gospel says that they're rowing against an adversarial wind. And Jesus walks to them in the middle of the night on the water. And I think one of the most important things for us to see in this passage is that Jesus is walking on that which overwhelms his friends. He's transcending. He's walking on the water. And it's the water and the wind and the waves that are overwhelming his friends. And so there's a sense in which God is moving toward his friends and he's saying to them, through his action, I am able to overcome that which overwhelms you. But they're not comforted by the presence of God. Initially, they're actually terrified. They think he's a ghost. And I've been thinking about this in light of my own life and specifically thinking back at, at 2020 and just all the brutality we've all had to endure, all the upheaval we've all been through. Um, the disciples don't recognize Jesus. They actually think he's a ghost initially. And I think the reason for that is a really plain, common sense reason. They have tunnel vision. They are in the middle of a struggle. And if you've ever been in a massive physical struggle, it's almost as if all of your energy goes to facing the problem at hand and you begin to develop a kind of tunnel vision. Your vision, if you will, becomes uh, pinpointed around the problem. The disciples are focused on the problem. And so when God comes close to them, they do not perceive him. They actually think he's a ghost, and so they're terrified. But Jesus doesn't shame them. He doesn't say, well, you missed me, and so I'm just going to forget you. I'm going to uh, run on right on past you. Jesus identifies himself. He, he says, it's me. Do not be afraid. He actually invites them to see God himself. He invites them into an awareness of God in the midst of a difficult circumstance. And I think that's exactly what God wants to do for you and for me. He wants us to recognize that it's our nature to sometimes miss an awareness of God when we're in difficult circumstances. But it's his nature to say, here I am, welcome me into your space. And so the disciples do. They, they welcome Jesus into their boat. And when I think about them welcoming him into their boat, what I think is most fundamentally true there, and, and maybe also true for you and for me, is that God, in the middle of a difficult circumstance, God wants you and me to welcome him into our intimate space. So they put Jesus in the boat, and the journey ends. Uh, seemingly, miraculously, the, the boat makes it to the other side. The storm ends. And there's an invitation here for you and me, specifically as we face difficulty, as we face trial, tribulation, to welcome God into our intimate space. So what does it look like for you as you step further into 2021 to welcome Jesus into your boat? What does it look like for you to say, this is difficult, come into this place? I believe the Lord wants you and me to have more and more of an awareness of his presence, an awareness of 
his goodness, his nearness as we face difficulty and live our lives, but that requires some attention and intentionality on your part. So Father, I pray for my friends. Uh, Lord, just like I pray for myself, God, I pray that you would make us aware of you. I pray, God, that we would ask real questions around what does it mean for us to make room for you in the boat that is our life. Father, I pray that you would come near to us. And Lord, we do ask you to change our circumstances. We ask you, God, for brighter, lighter days. But I pray, God, that even as we wait for our circumstances to change, I pray that you, by your presence being near to us, would change how we are in our circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm -hmm.